Welcome to This Week in Sparkling Water. I'm really struggling to enunciate. My name is Joachim Eriksson, and I'm the host of This Week in Sparkling Water. I think I had too much chocolate. The whole inside of my mouth feels all sticky. I think I had too much food. I went to Ikea, and I had a plate of meatballs. Wow, those things do not have a lot of texture, huh? And then I went to Chipotle, and I had a burrito bowl. And I mean, to what kind of person is a burrito bowl a normal amount of food? They're so big, dude. And then I had about three pounds of really buttery chocolate afterwards, and I'm just really struggling to give proper shape to the words. I'm staying in a hotel. I'm I'm recording this in a hotel room. I used to talk about how whenever I record an episode in a hotel room, I have to make like a fort because I need it to be sound. I need to get any echo out of the way. I need it to be muffled. I need to get that studio level audio quality. And now I've ascended onto a higher plane of honesty, and I can admit that the fort was never about audio quality. The fort was just like, dude, I just want to feel cozy, dude. I just want to feel cozy. So I did this shortcut this time, and I'm just like, I just wrapped myself in a blanket, you know? I used to, like, bring all these, like, industrial-sized fucking clothes pin fucking clippy clamps all these big clamps and clips and stuff so i could hang different duvets and sheets and stuff around in the room to make like a square (laughs) square of hanging fabric that will muffle the sound perfectly and give me perfect studio level quality but really it was just about like i just wanted to sit inside of like a fabric prison and just feel cozy and safe because it was like about how I need the perfect silence. I need the silence, dude, to get into this self-therapy mind state. There's so much overlap between a therapeutic mindset and studio-level audio quality. It's really weird. Like, I'm, I was sitting here, I'm staying at a, at a Marriott. It's a really nice room. And I'm sitting here in this nice room with all these like beautifully backlit wood surfaces and stuff. But I couldn't do self-therapy. I started thinking about it and I couldn't get into the headspace because there was a fridge making a buzzing noise. So <clears throat> I unplugged everything. <laughs> it was a very sort of like boringly cartoonish sequence of events where I'm like, I'm unplugging things and everything goes dark. But but after I've unplugged every cord in the entire room, the fridge is still going, you know? As if it just runs on spite. But but nah, it had like a weird cord underneath itself. Yep, that's how funny that was. Not very funny. It's so I'm on the road, right? I'm I'm not at home. It's <clears throat> I I have a sort of like anti-topic here. Like, what's the opposite of having something to talk about? I want to talk about the 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 thing here where it's like for a long time I thought that the really good episodes are probably going to be the ones where I'm like where I go out into the world and do something and it's like that is so not true and that's a pattern that I noticed a long time ago and that's something that I've just felt to be true that anything interesting happens on the inside but so yeah I'm reading this book that Artemis gave me it's a, it's a book 
called Bi- Biography of Silence, and it's written by this, like, Catholic monk or whatever. I don't even know, dude. It's translated from French. That's all you need to know about it. Anyway, it's like, it's a book where this fella is just describing the sequence of events of, like, he did a lot of things in his life. I had traveled to many countries, read thousands of books, had an address book with hundreds of contacts, and had fallen in love with more women than I could remember. Like many of my contemporaries, I was convinced that the more experiences I had and the more intense and stunning they were, the sooner and better I would become a complete person. Today I know that that is not the case. The quantity of our experiences and their intensity serve only to bewilder us. Experiencing too many things tends to be prejudicial. I do not believe that humans are made for quantity, but rather for quality. And then he goes into this like long metaphor about how the mind is kind of, meditation teaches you that the mind is kind of like an ocean and that the similarities with the ocean is that there's like, when you, when there's colorful fish that exist at the bottom of the ocean and there's flora and fauna that you can only see when the sea is calm and you can't see them when there's waves and storms of experiences. But human beings tend not to be satisfied with the fish and even less with simply the water. We prefer the waves. They give us the impression of life when the truth is that they are not life but just liveliness. And it's like, he has this point of like, the best, the, the most, the most aware state is actually when you're not distracted by the waves and the storminess, and you're not even looking at the fish, you're just consumed with the clear, clear water. It's just, you, your mind is just the clear water. And it's so nice. It's such a nice... I don't know, the thing of how life versus liveliness is something I, it's just a phrase or like a framework that I really, you know, I have felt that to be true. And I, it's just so funny and surprising to me that the doing stuff is actually boring or talking about doing stuff is actually really boring. Basically what I'm telling you is that I'm doing a bunch of stuff right now and because of that, this episode is gonna be really short because I don't want to be want it to be boring. So let's just drink a water. You know? You, you want me to should I talk about what I did today? Like I don't know. I actually I did one thing that I just feel so it's just <clears throat> I was driving for like three, four hours and I spent the time driving listening through weird music that I thought might be something that I could sample. And it's like, it was deeply, deeply enjoyable because I'm looking for, I just find it incredibly enjoyable to try to make music, to make music just from, I'm I'm really not focused on like credit, like getting credit for something, putting my name on something, feeling like something is mine. That's really not the point. The point to me is really just like, to just manipulate something a little bit, it's just like deeply interesting and enjoyable. And to try to listen through old music, like old simple music where it's maybe one voice and one instrument and nothing more. And to try to find, yeah, you know, pretty much like four seconds, like just four bars, like just a few beats that you can just loop that are 
simple, like they can have words in them, but they, the words, it's almost best if the words are like hard to understand so that it doesn't become about the words. And everything about it is so different from how I usually listen to music. Because usually I have this like deeply preoccupied with the meaning of words way of listening to music. So instead to just, it's almost like deciding to listen to it um, as if you don't speak the language of the words, which is like something you can always do, you know? If you're just sitting in a public place, and it's very, there's something very interesting for that, for the mind about that. If you're just sitting in a public place and you can hear someone talking, it can be so interesting to um, fall back and to relinquish the concept of language and like the meaning of the words and to just um, not hold the meanings and to just listen to the sounds of the words and the musicality of the words and to just listen to it as if you are a person that doesn't speak the language or understand the language of that is being spoken. That can be like a deeply enjoyable meditation exercise I find sometimes because it just like makes everything preconceptual where you just sit there and you just let like vibration waft over you pretty much. Just light playing on your visual field and vibration existing in your ears. And it's just like this, there's this oneness of, of everything you're taking in. And the oneness is how you understand none of it, you know? Like the, the whole visual field just becomes this flat surface where you can't even understand like the shapes of the things or the depth or anything of the stuff in front of you. You can just see like there's a darker field over here and there's a lighter field over here and that's more high pitched and that's more low pitched and you're just like, it's just floating through you. Anyway, so I spent like four hours just like listening to music, just looking for, listening to good music, but music that's different than the music I normally listen to. And and yeah, it, it, it just landed in a very, very nice Venn diagram of the music was enjoyable to listen to. It was a, at the same time, it was also, there was an overlap where it was also like um, a weird mindset of what looking for something and listening to it differently with in a sort of anti-word meaning way. And then also a third way of like, just it felt good that I was almost feeling productive because at any point when I found like a little snippet that I thought was interesting, I would like take a little screenshot of where I'm at in what song. And so I had like 35 screenshots on my phone of just like, you know, 45 seconds into the song, there's this time where he goes, uh, uh, and it's like, you know, with a ukulele, <laughs> just like a little bit of a ukulele and a fella that goes, uh, 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 and it's like, oh God, that could be pretty waxy if you fucking shred on it a little bit, you know, pitch it down a little bit. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just really determined to... um use to be the anti-purist when it comes to this. Like, instead of being this music purist that's like, okay, so first I'm going to learn music theory, 
at fucking Juilliard for three years, and then I'm going to learn how to play piano for 11 years, and then I'm going to sequester myself in silence for two years so that my mind will be tainted with no melodies from the outside world, and then I will invent my own, you know, when I have learned Beethoven, I will learn how to fucking become anti-Beethoven because you have to master... You know, you have to master the convention to be able to break convention. And like, instead of that purest way, I just want to be like, okay, so I want to take someone else's beautiful fucking four seconds here, and I want to loop that. And then I want the AI to program a drum loop for me. (laughs) And then I just, and then I want to just, you know, yeah. Then I want to take 160 episodes of the podcast and feed them into one of these like, voice invention computers and just have it <laughs> learn my voice perfectly and then i want it to just i <laughs> like it's very stupid because i have my voice so it would be so much easier to just speak but i have this thing where i would like it to be like i want chat gtp to write the script and or like a sort of rap lyrics or something and then i want the vocoder fucking AI voice generator to generate my voice. And I just want the whole thing to be, I just want to use every shortcut. I don't know. That's not exactly right. I want it to be, I, I want it to be some sort of anti-purist thing where I'm, where I do everything opposite of how, what's, what's considered the cool way of, the respectable way of me. I want to, I want to make music that no one respects Respected by no one. <clears throat> I want to be on the wrong side of history. Uh, anyway, let's just drink a water. That's so stupid. I, oh God, I hope you're not listening to this. If you're listening to this, I really, you gotta, you gotta really, you gotta really start asking yourself what's going on with you, you know? Okay, so two more waters from Lilith here. Lilith gave me these. She gave me four waters as a gift because she's, because she is, because we are, it's, it's a period of us being, it's a peaceful period right now, you know? We've had peace, we've had war, we've had peace, we've had war, and then now we're having peace. Um, let's start with this one. Strawberry basil. It, I mean, it, the brand is called Bear's Fruit. Bear's Fruit Sparkling Water Strawberry Basil. I have high expectations for this. Basil and strawberry. Like, I don't know. I, I love how I don't... I've never had a strawberry... Uh, is that right? Maybe I've had a strawberry basil shrub. Oh, God. Immediately fucked up. Fucked up the opening. Cut myself. Cut my finger. Okay. Let's smell it. Yeah. See, that smells crazy. Yeah, that's absolutely delicious. Like, I don't even know what to tell you. That's just absolutely delicious. That's a 9 out of 10. Bear's fruit. I put it in an ice bucket full of ice, too. It's like, oh. Just fruit, no weird stuff. Yeah, it really just tastes like strawberry puree, basil leaves. That's what it tastes like. That's a 9 out of 10. Okay, so speaking of bear's fruit. Oh, God. You know what I'm proud of? I'm proud of how I never do segues. <laughs> it's actually a, a a really <laughs> it's actually a really deliberate artistic choice. 
God. Deliberate artistic choice from me is I never do segues in anything. I they think segues are way it, seg, segues are really disrespectful. They're really condescending. As if you can't just handle that I'm now giving you a new topic. Yeah, so let's go opposite now. I don't do segues because whenever you're doing art and you're telling a story and you have this sequence this section over here and then you want that to be followed by this section there's like this there's like this fear in the heart of every artist that what if the viewer of the piece of art can't follow you know what if i lose them and a thing that's like in the beginning of the career of every artist is like you you're very i don't know i think it's i think we start out kind of fearful no I don't know. I don't know how universal any of this is, actually. I started out really fearful, and I had to learn how to... I had to learn to just let go of that fear and to just be like, listen, bro, this is the sec This section here is the thing that matters, and this is the idea, and this is the thing that's enjoyable, and then we're just going to follow that with the next thing, and we're not going to do any fucking transition. There's going to be no thing linking these things. They exist in the same universe, maybe. The viewer will figure it out, maybe. Doesn't even matter. None of it matters. It's like, do you know, do you understand what a dream is? A dream is like completely unsegued fucking sequences. And nothing feels more smooth than a dream. Dreams feel so smooth. It's actually a little bit like the viewer needs to fucking do their job. And the job of the viewer of any type of art is to get yourself into the mind state of that you're dreaming. That's really how we enjoy art the best. It's just the smoothness of the dream, you know? We're just floating through the, the fucking horrific or, you know, enjoyable or weird or funny or surreal landscape of the dream. <clears throat> and that's it. Yeah, so l let me show you how how sh how transitions can ruin anything. Listen to this. I just reviewed a sparkling water named Bear's Fruit. Speaking of bears, here's a story about bears from my real life. This is something that actually happened to me three days ago. I'm driving home from work at like 1 a.m. And a fox runs across the road and it sees me and it gets scared and it changes direction and I almost hit it and I slow down and it scurries across the road. And then like five minutes later, there's like a rabbit and it's like running across the road, but it like sees me and gets scared and it turns back and just runs back, right? And then five minutes later, there's a fucking bear, dude. I'd never seen a bear in the wild. Dude, I am struggling to tell this story, dude. I am struggling. I had so much food. I'm really like not in good shape right now. <laughs> Okay, so I'm driving home. There's a bear. There's a bear on the road galloping towards me in my lane. Like, it's actually on the shoulder of the road, sort of going towards me. Just like this big, blurry, enormous animal. Just like blurry brown fur. Middle of the night. <clears throat> and it's just galloping towards me, and I'm driving towards it. And then it kind of sees me, and then it runs off into the woods, you know? That's a little story. That's a little story about reality. And, and that story was ruined by 
trend, a, a segue. The fact that it had a segue made is why. <laughs> the fact that it had a segue is why that story sucked. <laughs> yeah, you know, whenever I see an animal in the wild, honestly, I'm like, bro, don't show me that. Don't show me that. That's none of my business. <laughs> don't sh it's none of my business. I really, I don't know. I'm so tired right now. I, I, I can't, I can't even do it, but I really like how, I really like this Gen Z way of using the expression, none of our business. Like when Lucy Dacus says, <laughs> when Lucy Dacus and Phoebe Bridgers and Julian Baker are hanging out and they ask about outer space and Lucy Dacus is like, we should not go to out outer space. It's none of our business. <laughs> God, I thought I wasn't going to get myself in the mood, but I can get myself in the mood. Thinking about Lucy Dacus, I can get myself in the mood. It's just so funny. And then there's this, oh, there's this other girl on Instagram who does these lists of things that are none of my business. <laughs> and it's things like, what I look like in a shopping mall mirror. It's just none of my business. <laughs> or, or this one, when you're when you're on your phone on the couch and then suddenly the, you accidentally turn the camera on and it's the front facing camera and you see your own face, the way you look when you're just chilling on the couch, which is always horrific. And then to say the Gen Z thing is to, to take that and be like, the way I look in those moments, it's just none of my business. <laughs> Why is that so funny to me? I don't know, dude. There's a lot of things in this world that's none of my business. It's really a way of, oh, God, it's really a beautiful way of just being like, look, there are things that if I actually think about them, they are going to ruin me, you know? And I'm throwing the fort off of me now. I, I've been thinking about body dysmorphia and how I think body dysmorphia is a little bit of a misnomer because it's like, it is... Calling it body dysmorphia, the idea that you look in the mirror and see something that's like not reality, call it, giving that a name makes it sound like there's some like healthy way for normal people to look in the mirror. But I really do not believe that anyone looks in the mirror and sees reality. Like we, there is so much about our minds that is just set up certain ways. I don't know. I mean, just <clears throat> let me just bring this back to a couple of I statements. I can exist in the world and be on a roll and have like forward momentum where I can feel like I am being charismatic and I am being like interesting and I'm existing in a room and I'm holding a crowd's attention. And I'm like, I can walk through life feeling like feeling not that i can not that i'm feeling pretty but like i can walk through life and be like dude yeah i mean i can be i can feel like i can feel like over the course of a few days i've ha i ha get to have like some medium short conversations with like five to ten women or something and i can feel like if i wanted to like ask one of them out or if I like if I wanted if I made the choice to like pursue some option somewhere that I could like get whatever I wanted like I can feel like that like I can feel like 
confident, I guess. And then I can look in the mirror and be like, dude, you're like one of, I like when I look in the mirror, I think I'm one of the ugliest people I've ever seen. Like really, really ugly. Like I literally have no chin. Like the bottom third of my face is just missing, you know, search party. And it's like, I really don't. And when I see that, I ha it's very disorienting, first of all. It's very disorienting, just the extremes of what it can feel like to feel confident and then what it can feel like to look in the mirror and to just be fed information by your eyes that you're like incredibly ugly. And those two <laughs> pieces of data can be so far apart from each other that that the far apartness of the two data points is incredibly disorienting. But I have to just, first of all, we have to just be like, you know, the real world is probably somewhere in the middle. But also, I, I really like this concept of being like, look, it's none of my business. It's none of my business what I look like in the mirror. You know, it's none of my business what I look like when I put the front facing camera on. And like, it's just none of my business, dude. It's just such a healthy, like, disattachment because it's not the, the I'm incredibly beautiful. Like uh, saying I'm incredibly beautiful, it's like incredibly unconvincing a lot of times. And like, that's a very, I don't need unconvincing I don't need an unconvincing cheerleader in my life. That's not moving the needle at all. But but to say that's none of my business, it's like a profound, convincing philosophical standpoint. Like, I don't think that anyone, I don't think that anyone looks in the mirror and gets like um, useful information. I, I, I don't know why we have this like, it seems more like a bug than a feature, the fact that we self-image is so hard for human beings. Um, but yeah, I mean, for some reason it reminds me of that whole thing that I was talking about a few episodes ago of how <clears throat> it's interesting how all the people talking about how if we're going to get to um, artificial general intelligence, it won't be like one thing. It won't be like large language model that does, it's, it won't be one, like the current AIs that we're interacting with that like can spit out a picture or can, you know, chat GTP, can you input a text prompt and it gives you a text prompt back. Like th those are like single purpose AIs. And whenever we get to like artificial general intelligence, something that can sort of replicate the human thing, when we get there, it won't be just a bigger single purpose intelligence. It will be a bunch of um, cobbled together single purpose skills, basically, or like intelligences, because that's what the human mind is. The human mind is like a bunch of different things. It's like a language center over here and a short-term memory and a long-term memory and a fucking uh, balance thing in your ear and like a visual field that connects through four different things where like one is just 
trying to see if something is fly, hurtling towards your face and then that has like a super quick reaction time and then something else is like taking in the whole field of like trying to think about it on a fucking deeper plane and see if any of this reminds you of your childhood and then like and then at the same time there's just all these processes running on top of each other of like facial recognition you know musicality enjoying musicality smell fear anxiety all these different processes and in, in charge of different like fucking feelings and layers of consciousness and they're all like very very different from each other but they're all layered into this one thing and consciousness in the end kind of has this like texture of oneness where the whole thing kind of feels like one thing even though it's so many things on top of each other and there's something to the self-image thing and looking in the mirror where it just feels like so many things come together there of when you look in the mirror and see yourself it's like too many fucking processes in your brain are involved at the same time so very very little like real uncorrupted information about like what's actually in the mirror so little of it actually makes it to like the whatever center in your brain in your fucking conscious you know your thing where you evaluate things like what you get to evaluate is so corrupted by so many different overlaying processes that it like never works out you know, and that really, it's weird. That actually reminds me of, I, I watch so many like music producer YouTube videos now, tutorials, and there's this one concept in all the different DAWs, like all the different music production softwares. There's this thing of like, when you have an audio or a MIDI track, when you just have sound, you can put an audio effect on it. And then you can put a second one on it and then a third one and it's called chaining, chaining, where you just have a chain of audio effects, and it matters what order they're in, and you probably want to have like an equalizer involved always. You may like really like a professional level music producer will have like nine different audio effects um, on every track because there's just like these tiny, tiny little fixes that you can do, like where you want. You know, if you have like a piano fucking MIDI track, you want to, first, you want it to, there to be an effect that like figures out how hard does it sound like you're hitting the keys. So just that the hardness of the keys are like kind of similar, but not so similar that it f seems artificial. Like they shouldn't all be the same. They shouldn't all be, you're hitting the keys all the same. But they should all be kind of hitting the keys pretty hard so that they're noticeable. But there should be some variance to give it like a slightly organic feeling. That's like the first fucking MIDI effect that goes into this big chain. And then the last one is like an equalizer or something. And then there's like a little bit of reverb. And then there's a bunch of fucking different ones in the middle or whatever. But when you watch these tutorials, they always talk about how like... It's incredibly difficult. It's like a very high level act to get many, many audio effects chained together. Like to take one piece of information and to feed it through this like serial chain of, of more than two or three or four effects, you're gonna end up with something that um, is usually described as muddy. <laughs> and it's like, that's what it's like to look in the mirror. Like it's just 
the information gets really muddy. There's a muddiness. And it's, it's funny when you make, when you're trying to make your own music in the beginning, you, you can, you put something together and everything just ends up sounding really lo-fi because once you're, when you aren't that good at it, everything gets kind of like distorted and muffled and muddy. And it's like, you yourself, you're like, oh yeah, this is sweet. I made something so fucking awesome here. But really, it's just for you, you know? It sounds good to you, but that's that's not for anyone else. Because it's muddy. And that's really, you know, I really think that that's what it's like to look in the mirror and look try to try to look at your own face. It's also why it's like so dangerous and titillating and like one of the most profound experiences ever to take um, psychedelics and to look in the mirror and look at your own face. It's like really not recommended, you know? It's just too many processes running at the same time. It's like one of the most sort of like satanic things you can do. Take a bunch of LSD and then just look in your in the mirror for a long time. Like you will never stop looking in the mirror. Like everything about your skin and your face and your eyeballs and the hairs and all the blemishes, everything will become like incredibly nightmarishly interesting to you. It's like so universal. This is true for absolutely every single human being on earth. Feed them a bunch of... Lock them in a room, feed them a bunch of LSD and give them a mirror and they will all have the exact same experience of like nightmare fascination. And you can spend three and a half hours looking in the mirror and looking at your own face. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know what the deal with that is. I don't know how to explain that. But anyway, let's do another water. Uh, bears fruit, sparkling water with probiotics. This is the best one. This is the one that Lilith wanted me to... This is the one that Lilith had the highest expectations of. And honestly, I think it sounds good as shit. Mango habanero. Mango habanero. Habanero is fucking spicy as shit, dude. And mango is delicious. Strawberry puree in a beverage, the previous one here, they make it work because it's fresh as fuck, but mango is so much better. Oh, dude. Wow, it smells spicy. It smelled... Like I took a big whiff off of it and it just made, it made the skin on the inside of my nose feel a little bit icy. Like there was a frosty wind that just like blew over my, my fucking inside, inside of my nostrils just with like some Scoville, some Scoville just giving me like a little bit of temperature confusion and making it feel like it's fucking, it's fucking cold. Let's taste it. Okay. So yeah, that's. A 10 out of 10. That's very good. And they do this like incredibly confusing thing in here where the spice of the habanero <clears throat> becomes almost indistinguishable from the crispy bite of the bubble. Like the carbonation and the habanero and the carbonation and the spice hit you in a very similar way. So like first you get the bubble and then the bubble keeps biting. And then there's a period where you don't know if you're being bit by the bubble or the spice. And then the bubble fades and then the spice lingers. But there's this, there's this part in the middle of the bell curve there where you don't know which one you're dealing with. Yeah, that's one of the best sparkling waters I've ever had. Thank you, Lilith, that's, that's good. That slaps, <clears throat> that really fucking slaps, okay. 
Um, I think I'm just gonna, I think we're just gonna call it there. I, I love you guys. That's a little bit of an episode. I'm on the road. You know, I don't like to do this when I'm on the road, whatever. Anyway, I'm deciding to not blame you for my life being boring. I'm deciding not to blame the listener for the shittiness of the podcast. It's harder than it sounds, man. It's harder than it sounds. I want to blame you. I want to I want to say that it's your fault. I want to say that it's your fault, but it's not. I'm choosing um blessing way. I'm not I'm I'm deciding to not go enemy way. Okay. I love you. Thank you for listening. Um be nice to yourself.